Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to episode <laughs> 131 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Hott. Did you actually hear that there is uh, some transmissions that are that have been going on pretty consistently? That there, uh, may, there might be something out there trying to communicate with us. So that could actually come into play. It could your, be. Your intro. I hope it's the. I hope it happens just like in the movie Contact, starring Jodie Foster. It's a great fucking movie. Great I hope it's like too. Signs. Signs. <laughs> yeah, just gotta throw a bunch of water at them, and then they're like, "Yeah," then you're good. Yeah. Well, I don't want to kill the aliens. I want to hang with them. Well, not if they're trying to. Stephen Hawking did say that you know if if aliens did come, that they're probably gonna try and take over. So um either that i mean it would be nice if they were friendly like the aliens from scary movie 3 though we just got to watch out for the index finger yeah that's true that's true (laughs) them and leslie nielsen (laughs) you gotta watch out for their index fingers (laughs) uh that's a deep cut for the listeners right at the top of the show uh we like to shake all the shake all the listeners off before we even get started (laughs) uh, i forget that that movie is like 20 years old (laughs) dude it's crazy old now holy cow uh we are uh just a few days removed from the oscars so we of course are going to recap that uh i'm going to announce the winner of the third annual oscars game and we got some prizes to give out so uh stay tuned for that lots of news we're going to get to in just a bit we got tv corner we got mambo number five we got some movie reviews all sorts of fun stuff to get into but before we do any of that we got to start like we always do with some chic tweets I call you a punk. Uh, Iron Sheik, been, been active again. He's been tweeting stuff other than football because that's over. So um, he uh, he he tweeted this week. He he must have been he must have been uh, looking for something. He must have been on on a on a hunt or um, looking for a, a mystery to solve because he said, "Just a hunch. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> He's like a he's like a badass New York City cop who's had enough. Yeah, see, just a hunch. Go fuck yourself. Hey, right, go fuck yourself. See, news. He, he ran over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what old time cops say. Oh, he's getting away on that horse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting away with those whores. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right, enough of that crap. Holy cow! <laughs> that was she tweets. I call you a punk. Enough of that crap, holy cow, is what every listener of this podcast has said. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's actually the top review on our Podknife account. <laughs> Remember we had that? <laughs> Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Indeed. Mathis Designs. Find our friend Steph on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pete. Awesome. And of course, the, uh, the, <laughs> I, I keep, I keep I, attempting to try to not call it what it is, but I'm just going to do it. Uh, and of course, Mike's wood, you can find Mike and his wood on etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed. If you want to get your wood worked. Uh. Oof. Gold dust loves Mike's wood. Holy cow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's kick it over to our previously recorded selves for one more ad. Top-notch shit right there. Great job, fellas. Uh, shouts out to our anchor contributors. 
Jared B, Mike V, Fuck You, and Casey Cheeves, uh, our most recent contributor. Uh, so we appreciate all that help, guys. Uh, if you would like to become a contributor, head to our anchor page and find out how you can contribute monthly. If you don't want to do that, just keep clicking on our episodes. Every little bit helps uh, helps us improve the show, so we appreciate that. All right, Seth, we got a lot of shit to get into today. Uh, a lot of news out there. We don't have time to cover it all. So let's do some quick hits. <laughs> all righty. We will start in the world of television. Um, first up in Disney Plus news, we got to always have a little bit of Disney Plus news. Uh, Josh Peck it, to star in Disney Plus reboot of Turner and Hooch as Turner, while Drake Bell is chasing the role of Hooch. <laughs> I uh, I'm excited to see what Josh Peck has. He showed a little after his after he did all those young kid comedies. He did a couple things where he tried to do a little drama, and uh, it didn't pan out. So I'm excited to see him get another shot and see what he's got. And he's um, all the kids love him because he's in all those David Dobrik videos. So <laughs> uh, Oscars viewership is at an all time low with 23.6 million viewers. Uh, early polling says people were afraid to watch because they thought they would have to read the show after a foreign film was nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> and speaking of that movie, uh, you're not going to like me when I'm making social commentary. Mark Ruffalo and talks to star in Parasite TV show at HBO. Really? Hmm. Interesting. And it's got it's got Bong Joon Ho attached, and he said essentially he he's kind of planned for this. He's always had more he wanted to do with that story, but uh, obviously that the you know, two hours wasn't enough for him to tell it. So he's going to, and it's not, you know, a reboot. It's not them, you know, just throwing in a bunch of white actors and doing the same story. It's a continuation. So interesting. Hmm. Uh, and then in the world of movies, we have uh, knives out uh, sequel is official and will follow Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc. Uh, early rumors indicate that it'll follow the hijinks of Blanc and Joe bang. And will be called Blanc and bang. Fucking a knives in baby. <laughs> uh, Sam Raimi is in talks to direct Doctor Strange 2 While Nickelback is in talks to sing the song for Doctor Strange 2 <laughs> Love the classic throwback uh, I'm excited, I think that's a great fit And finally in movies uh, The Hunt, which was pre previously cancelled Is set for release Proving that even social justice, justice can fade over time <laughs> I do like that uh, I'm glad that the snowflakes Who didn't want uh, the hunters to come out uh, Are getting getting the L here well, it was actually it was actually the the other side who was <laughs> wanting it not to come out, but um, it was, I think it was both sides because it was on one side it was peop the, the the you know the the right saying it was a bash against the right side, and then the left you know because it was that right after the shooting happened. Yeah, um, that it was supposed to come out, but so it was both sides that didn't want it. But you know what, movies can come out whenever the goddamn when they, when it, when they want to. So. Um, and then a little bit of additional news that came out uh, before, uh, not too long before the sh we started recording. Rick Moranis is going to be coming back for yeah! uh, the Honey, Honey, I, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I so, love this. Uh, it's, yeah, he, he's he hasn't acted in 25 years, I think is what they said. So uh, he's, he's coming back uh, to acting. I'm so excited. Yeah, he stepped away to raise his kids, which is an admirable thing. I'm so glad uh, to see him again. Everyone, everyone in Hollywood seems to like him, so... Uh, very excited for this. Yeah, I think uh, I think really the the biggest thing is a lot of people have been talking. Obviously, this is cool, and he's coming back to the Honey I Shrunk the Kids thing. But uh, he he does have to play Josh Gad's dad, so that sucks. But mm. um, 
but but people are talking about maybe Spaceballs. He could be coming back for another Spaceballs movie, which would be really interesting. Um, and then obviously Ghostbusters is coming back. Um, you know, they, they maybe a potential that's already filmed, but maybe if they do another one, he could be you know popping up in that. So a lot of cool stuff potentially with Rick Moranis back in uh, back in the the movie and TV space. I love it. And that is the quick hits. Great stuff as always. Uh, very excited about that Rick Moranis news. That's just that's just delightful. I enjoy it. All right, folks, we roll on, and we are going to get to. It seems like it's uh, we're just on a big roll of se- uh, series finales. Uh, we're going to wrap up another one here in the TV corner. Television down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, certainly a storied history with this show, Seth. One I know you've uh, you've been following since the beginning on Netflix. That finally wrapped it up. Yep, uh, the series finale of Grace and Frankie. Um, I'm really. Really sad to see it go. Um, no, uh, BoJack Horseman. Of course, we we talked. We've been talking about this a long time. It's been, you know, my favorite Netflix show for a very long time. Um, I think it was number one on my Netflix shows. Mambo number five. We did. I don't remember how long ago it was, but it's just been one of my favorite shows in general. Uh, with with uh, you know, kind of some of the stuff they approach. But anyway, obviously, it's uh, about a horse, animated horse, and and dealing with a lot of different things. I guess the final parts that they they really deal with here are, um, again, uh, stuff with sobriety and and depression and things like that. But even more so with this one, they they deal with um, now kind of with Bojack being sober, dealing with things from his past. So, um, you know, things like basically they they talk a lot about cancel culture uh, in this season and and a lot about... um, you know the the I guess in in a way like the Me Too with it as well and things coming up from the past and you know how that can affect someone who is you know sober now and and um, you know relapsing they deal with things like that um, they deal with again relationships and and um, you know marriage and and divorce in, in this part of the season so again you know I, I've talked it's kind of like a broken record but they talk about a lot of different things that other shows can't because it is an animated show and, and is dressed up, you know, as, as a funny show. But, uh, you know, deep down, they, they talk about some serious stuff and and uh, all that, you know, is done really, really well. The writing is is genius on this show. And, um, you know, all the all the voice talent. I mean, they have so many insane stars come on in the show and, and either play themselves or different characters. Zach Braff had, had a funny he's had kind of had a funny recurring recurring like almost like how um, Jimmy Kimmel is with Matt Damon. Like they put, he puts him down a lot, but it's in like a funny way. Same thing with Zach Braff here. Um, you know, he, he's kind of put down a lot in the show, but he, you know, has some funny bits and it's actually him doing the voice. So he's like having fun with it and all that. So, um, but just, just a great show. And, and the way they ended it was again, like kind of, again, broken record with some of the other shows I mentioned, but it's a perfect ending. It's, it ends about as good as you could possibly want it to end. And, um, you know, it's not not necessarily a happy ending, but it's not a sad ending either. Like they they do it in a real way, and again, weird to say with with a animated show about animals, but uh, the way the way they do all this is is genius. And you know, I've talked about before the the first the first season was was definitely a rough season to watch, but I think as as even from season two on, they they handled everything in in you know very serious and and hard hitting way, but they also did it in a way that didn't feel like exploitative or, you know, uh, I, you know, in a way that, you know, they were able to make jokes of it, but also treating it seriously. So it, it's, 
I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's a show that's going to go underappreciated for you know if you looking back on it, it's going to go underappreciated. It, it was nominated for Emmys here and there, but never won. And I think that's that's unfortunate with the stuff they they addressed. But maybe it'll get you know a win with because of its last season. But I kind of doubt it because it just never had too big of a following and and you know it, it deserved one it at least you know deserves some some critical recognition because it was super well done and uh, always had 100 percent rotten tomatoes even after the first season so i love it i'll miss the show um and uh definitely you know if, if, if you can handle the subject matter uh definitely watch this show i think it, it has a ton to say so bojack horseman i will miss ye Mm, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, this is um, since this is over now. I, I say this every time you talk about it. This is something I, I would eventually like to try out. And with my my newly found pension for adult cartoons, um, I, I think that there's that possibility as high as ever um, for for me to check this out. So the entire series now, of course, gets a high recommendation from Seth. Uh, critically, always has done super well. Um, high praise everywhere for for BoJack Horseman. So. If you haven't checked it out and you like your uh, if you like your uh, your tunes, then check that out on Netflix now. <clears throat> for now, though, we got to move on. So that's it for the TV corner. Television. Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, let's jump into one of our newer games. That's a lot of fun. This is Thesaurus Theater. Thesaurus. <laughs> All right, Thesaurus Theater, for those who don't remember, uh, I'm going to take a movie title, I plug in all the words to a thesaurus, I pick out some words that I liked from the thesaurus, and I I read them out to Cody, and he will try to guess the title. So, the the title this week for Thesaurus Theater, after being run through the thesaurus, is Unremitting Phosphorescence Based on Affecting Unimpeachable Psyche. What? <laughs> um, uh, is you need it, that again? <laughs> no, I think I, I think I got it. I'm pretty sure that's Argo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm wrong, huh? Nailed it. Uh, Nailed can, it. Can you read me that fucking Bible verse again, please? <laughs> sure. Um, unremitting phosphorescence based on affecting unimpeachable psyche. Holy cow. Um, I won't make you read it again because I think I have it. Uh, the the number of words helped me this time. Um, I'm gonna say, "Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind." <laughs> yeah, you got it. Uh, great one. <laughs> that was good. For three for the win. Yes, LeBron James at the buzzer. That was a good one because that's I, already got a wacky I'll, title and it only got it's exponentially more wacky with the synonyms there. <laughs> I loved phosphorescence. Phosphorescence. Phosphorescence sounds like a really fancy fart. <laughs> it's like if Oprah were to fart. Oh, oh that's nasty. That's that is a classy that is a classy tooth though, no doubt about that. Wow. The Source Theater You get some methane, you get some methane. <laughs> God, now I'm picturing Oprah crop dusting a bunch of people I don't want to anymore. I- I think every time she farts, it goes, yes! Okay, that's enough of that. This has been the Saurus Theater. Thesaurus. (laughs) 
Wow. Now I got to live with that visual of Oprah's ass singing to me. Don't want that. <laughs> I guess I should be so lucky. I, I, I probably wouldn't complain if I was if that was going down. But it's not. So we move on. <laughs> uh, big week here. We're going to recap and review or reveal the winner of our Oscar game. Let's jump into movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Oh, hell yeah. We had the Oscars this past weekend. Uh, <laughs> the Academy Awards, of course. Uh, big, big topic of discussion for us every year. And uh, got some got some fun surprises along the way. Uh, we're going to jump into the winners and the game in a second. But I was unfortunately not able to watch uh, the actual presentation. So Seth, why don't you talk a little bit about the presentation? Did you did you enjoy the show? Were you entertained? Um, yes and no. I I mean, I I I do miss the host. I mean, I thought last year moved okay and what was was put together decently enough last year, considering the circumstances without the host. Um, th- there was a few moments, but I mean, overall, last year for me was pretty unfor was pretty forgettable. Um, and I would say probably that this year will be the same by, you know, by the time I look back, there's a few moments like I, I, I personally did get pretty hyped when that, when Eminem came out, that was pretty <laughs> cool. I mean, the performance was bad. It was real bad, but the whole lead up to it. And this is coming from a wrestling fan who is used to like big, cool moments and them not delivering. Um, same thing kind of here, like the, the whole montage of the music and the whole time I'm waiting for lose yourself to at least show up in there. And then at the end, it, you know, kind of comes up with the, um, with the instrumental of it, um, and they, they start to play it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, no way. Is he going to come out? And then he does, and I get real excited, and then he sucks. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so that, it was at least a fun moment, though. Um, I mean, the, the Brie Larson, Gal Gadot, um, um, Sigourney Weaver. So a, a bit, I mean, that was a really cool moment. Um, I thought Tom Hanks was really funny. Um <laughs> Uh, the <laughs> then Brie Larson at the beginning of the show, like going to sing, uh, Janelle Monae, is that, is that, is that who that is? Yep. I can't remember. Um, she goes, she's like sing, she sings Mr. Rogers or whatever, which was fine. And then she goes out into the crowd and like, is like getting people to sing and then <laughs> Brie Larson, she hands the mic to Brie Larson and like pulls it away right away. And Brie Larson is like, okay, fine. <laughs> so like, there's some, there's some funny moments here and there. Some fun, some decent, like the the winner of the score, best original score for Joker, had a great speech, uh, and that was introduced by Brie Larson and, and everyone there too. So, again, some cool moments, but I really do miss the host. I, I miss having the host there. Um, I I think that a host, for one, depending on who it is, adds a, a entertainment factor. You have the you have the continuous like through line of the show. The tone is set by that host. So. When you have someone who's funny and you know energetic and whatever, that sets the tone throughout the show. Whereas like this one, and I think maybe where the difference between this year and last year, like last year seemed to have a pretty consistent tone throughout this one, throughout that one, and and this year seemed to kind of just go up and down based on who was presenting. And some of the speeches were kind of weird, so it's hard to have like a recovery after some of the speeches. So like Renee Zellweger and and Joaquin Phoenix both had some weird long speeches, <laughs> um, and a host would be able to like kind of course correct it, you know, and without a host, there's no one there to do that. 
it's just like, all right, on to the next weird speech, and the tone is already kind of strange. So I, I missed a host. I do miss a host, and I hope next year they, they bring it back. Like I mentioned in the in the quick hits, lowest ratings of all time. And, and last year, the ratings went up, and I think it's because people were tuning in to see if it was going to be a train wreck without a host. And when it wasn't a train wreck, people were like, oh, I don't care now. you know. So I, I think they do need to get someone in there personally. But that's just me. Um, the show itself, I, I was entertained. I was really more excited for the winners just because we have the game going Mm -hmm. and I've seen all the movies and I get why people who don't like the movies or don't see all the movies aren't entertained by it because they, they don't care about, they're not invested. So for there's no reason, there's no reason for them to stick around. So uh, I think there definitely needs to be some changes, but I think number one is get, get a host in there, get someone in there who like a lot of people brought up Tom Hanks would be an amazing host. I don't know if he'd do it, but just like his, you know, his five minutes that he's talking about the the museum opening up in, in L.A., he was hilarious, and he'd be a perfect host. So like, so, get someone in there big enough, funny, who can keep keep the show going and moving, um, that people respect. I think that that'd be a perfect way to quote unquote fix the Oscars. Yeah, totally. I I, I agree. And not having seen this year's, but looking at last year's, uh, I agree. I think the host is better. I, having a consistent tone throughout the show helps, and it feels really popcorny when it's just a bunch of people. You know, it's it drags somehow drags more <laughs> when it's mm-hmm. just a continuous parade of new people. So I can get that. Um, let's talk about those winners. We're gonna dive into the game here, and I'm I'm so far the only one who knows who won. So I feel really special right <laughs> now. Um, I know I know it's between. Well, actually, I don't know who else entered. Besides, I, I know Jared entered, Dan entered, Mike entered, and I know obviously you did, um, and I know how you. Mike and Jared did. I just don't know about Dan. <laughs> and if there's any other, if there's any other, uh, any other entrance in there as well. Well, we're about to find out. Uh, let's run quickly up the winners, and uh, and we'll just get uh, just our quickie reactions to each one. So, uh, Little Women wins for costumes. Uh, a lot of us picked that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. pretty pretty old dresses. Uh, Joker wins for score, so that was one that um, one that you had picked. Talking about that operatic mm-hmm. swell and, and some of the big scenes, that was a common pick among our our players. Um, Nineteen seventeen for cinematography was a clean sweep for everyone who played the game. Um, that was kind of the most one of the more obvious ones. Uh, Nineteen seventeen also wins for visual effects, which um, <clears throat> was a was one of the ones that only about half of uh, half of our game uh, picked that. So. Um, good on you, 1917 for that one. Editing, Ford v Ferrari, which was both of our picks and a pretty common one in the game here. Uh, they went for editing, which was a fantastic job. And then in the original song category, it's uh, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, which is what I and a couple others had picked. Um, Toy Story 4 was a surprise in the animated movie category. Not a common pick. In our game, um, I know you and I were on I Lost My Body and Klaus, which was another, which was one of the more common picks was Klaus. So a uh, little bit of a surprise there for Toy Story. Uh, the screenplay, the writing, uh, Adapted went to Jojo Rabbit, which was, I believe, Seth, your pick and several others. So Taika Waititi takes that one home, uh, which, was, which was pretty awesome to see. Uh, and then in original screenplay, it was Parasite. So the, this was one of a few wins uh, that we're going to talk about from Parasite here. Um, but that was a popular pick as well. So it did fit right in that vein that you had talked about, Seth, when we picked last week, uh, kind of in that get out vein where it's the, it's their, their award for sort of the creative new, maybe, um, 
well, minority, uh, <laughs> the, the quirky <laughs> award uh, in original screenplay. Uh, would you you still think that that's that's kind of what this award was kind of designed to do? Yeah, it generally is. That's what we often see. You know, kind of the writing is what, like I said last week, kind of what we see a lot of a lot of the Academy vote for with some of the more controversial or different or social statement type of movies. So um, I wasn't surprised by either of those. Yep. Uh, you also weren't surprised by Best Supporting Actor. That was Brad Pitt, another popular pick for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great to see Pitt get the win there, even though I picked Tom Hanks. Um, Laura Dern, which was uh, the the big front runner. She takes home for Best Supporting Actress, so not a big surprise there. And then the she, best... She had a great speech, by the way. Oh, is that... I'll have to, I'll have to go check that one out. I, I love Laura Dern so yeah. much. She's like one of the best people. Yeah. Uh, best Actor went to Joaquin Phoenix from Joker, which was the slam dunk. Pretty much everyone had their max bet on um, for Joaquin Phoenix. I did listen to his speech, and he's just kind of a weird cat when he talks, but I thought he said yeah. some things that were meaningful, but it's just kind of weird. <laughs> he sounds like he's cracked out half the time. I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> and then Renee Zellweger won for Judy, which was another big pick uh, for her portrayal of Judy Garland. And then at the top, this was uh, to me a surprise. Uh, the double win, best director and best picture, go to Parasite, which uh, a couple people picked Bong Joon Ho, but no one in our game picked Parasite. Okay. And so. Uh, I think that I think that should tell you, Seth, where where you landed in the game here. Um, you were the winner. You were our top scorer yeah. with a hundred and one out of a possible one hundred and twenty points. For three for the win. Yes, LeBron James at the buzzer. Um, let's see here. Mike came in second place with ninety six. Jared was right behind him with eighty seven, followed by Dan with eighty five, then me with sixty eight. And Tyler Vandenhall, who also played, thanks for joining us, Tyler, uh, finished <laughs> with 33. So I didn't get last, which I'm proud of. Uh, and Seth, you take you take <laughs> home the win for, for the second time in three years. Do you have a victory speech prepared? I mean, it, it's it's hard to be this this good. I mean, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly wasn't. A lot of these were not surprising, you know, other than obviously Parasite. But I had a... I, I actually felt pretty good about Bong Joon-ho I, I, the, the, with Best Director. I wasn't, I didn't put a ton of points on it, but I, I, I thought that was going to win me it, honestly, is, is I didn't think many people would go with him, um, and I had a good feeling about it. So I didn't risk a ton, but I also felt good about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, the Best Picture is what screwed everyone. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, I, I felt pretty good about it. And, again, all these, I was, we were texting, I was, I was texting you and Dan updates, and... You at one point were like, "Have you missed?" And I had only missed one at that point. Yeah. So I felt pretty good about what I, how I was doing. It was a it was a pretty good slate. I'd have to look historically at all time how how that score ranks against previous years, but uh, certainly a top notch performance. But as the giver of gifts, you're not going to receive the gift. So uh, I would say the gift belongs to second place finisher Mike V. Mike, uh, you got a you got a digital copy of Booksmart coming your way. Uh, so congratulations for being our our, our outside the podcast listener, uh, as well as a sponsor and a contributor. Mike V is the MVP of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk Seth about Parasite winning. Uh, d- what do you think? Do you think that's the right choice? Are you surprised by the pick? What are your thoughts? 
Uh, I'm I'm surprised. I I mean, I I honestly didn't feel strongly about. I let let's say so. I thought 1917 is a great movie, but I also thought Parasite was a was a, a good movie as well. So like, for me again, I would have picked Ford v Ferrari because I loved that movie. But I thought this year was such a stacked, stacked just movies in general were very were great in 2019, and almost any of those movies, if they would have won Best Picture, I would have been fine with it. So I'm not like upset about it. I saw some people online were were freaking out. Um, <laughs> for for reasons that were stupid, um, th- things like it's a foreign movie, it shouldn't be even eligible and shit like that. Um, which is the people. For one, I think people just need to calm the fuck down. It is movies. It is it's it's more than anything. I think the Oscars are just political statements, and and they're essentially everything's just a campaign. So honestly, none of this really fucking matters to be to be honest, um, but otherwise, like, I, any of those movies could have won, I would have been happy with it, so it, it's cool that a foreign language film won an Oscar, um, I think I think that that's interesting and, and different, and hopefully means some things are going to be changing in terms of, uh, you know, what what is nominated and what, what could be, what could win, um, but... I don't have a problem either way. Like I, I just, I just don't care. It's just movies, you know. It, it movies are great to tell stories and and make points, but at the end of the day, especially with the Oscars and and these award shows, it's all just a political statement. It's all just it, it, no one, no one really cares. No one really. I mean, I. I I don't know if everyone saw this movie, uh, and I, you know, I think that's something that um, you've talked about. Is is you know, not, not people who voted for it probably didn't even see it, or you know, have or were only voting for political reasons, and that's all the Oscars is anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I don't know. It's I'm getting I'm almost getting tired of of this stuff, the the award stuff, because it it really isn't about the movies. It's about the statements you can make anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that. It's frustrating, right? Because I I think a lot of people want to be able to say, you know, that was the best movie this year because that's what the Academy says. And I think that it's just not true. I don't know if it ever was, but it really seems obvious in the last two years that it's almost... It, not only is it sometimes not the best movie, it's almost never the best movie. And I know movies are subjective and to a lot of people, Parasite was the best movie. This I get. But I think for me, the reason, and I, I disagree. I think this is wrong. I think it's the incorrect pick. Um, and I know it doesn't super matter, but I don't know. It, it bothers me just a little bit. Cause I think about like, if you compared Parasite to my pick, which was 1917, like I, I would want someone to, to come on the show and tell me why Parasite won and why it's a better movie. And I, I don't know how someone could like any any measurement you could use to measure a movie to me it's it's obvious that 1917 is better and i still really love parasite i thought it was a good movie um but when you talk about like degree of difficulty i think i don't know why 1917 wasn't the obvious pick and for a lot of people i guess it was but um you know i i do i agree with you i think politics came into play here i think the everyone wanted to be the one who voted for parasite right so you know you want to you want to be on that side of of that uh that choice but um I, I I thought it was a really good movie. I think it's the incorrect pick, um, but you know, I'm not in the Academy, so 
Uh, maybe those <laughs> folks see some stuff I don't. I did. I did look up because I was I was a little bit fired up about this when I first read it. To be honest with you, um, and so I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score, and it is higher. Uh, Parasite's ninety nine on tomatoes, and um, nineteen seventeen is actually only eighty nine. So that got me to thinking maybe I just love that movie way more than other folks. But I don't know. <laughs> to me, it seemed obvious that it was the best movie of this year, but I guess that's probably not the case for everybody. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're right. You you said it perfectly that it's it's uh, it's more about a statement than what actually is the best movie because everything and is subjective anyway. So it would be hard to actually pick the best movie even if that were the point. That's how it's always been though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always been about the whether it's the popular choice or the like in terms of it's all campaigns. That's all it is. It's a campaign. At, at the end of the day, it's about a campaign. I I guarantee. If you pulled, um, maybe not this year, because it's, it did seem that Parasite this year had a, I mean, people, a lot of people are saying it was their favorite movie for, you know, the, from the time it came out until, you know, uh, recently, um, with 1917 also being, you know, in there as well. But almost in, like Green Book, I, people who voted for Green Book last year, I loved that movie, but if you, if you pull the people who, uh, you know, voted for it last year, Chances are they're not going to say it's their their favorite movie mm-hmm. um, that came out that year. Um, you know, I think you can go back to, I mean, even look at like King's Speech. I guarantee people aren't saying King's Speech is their favorite movie that year. You know, so it's it's not a, it's, and, and it's not even about a lot of times favorite movie. It's about what what uh, what movie did someone make that they were trying to to be in this position of best picture did they do the best job at and people just get behind these movies because they it's a lot of it's pretentious it's a lot of it is pretentious type of stuff it's it's it, i don't know i i love these movies i do like all these movies that that were in best picture and best actor and all that stuff i i enjoyed but i also hate the the stuff that that happens around it and it's becoming more and more annoying mm-hmm. as i hear especially this year with the whole parasite stuff it's it's been annoying to listen to and most people who don't pay attention to movies will never care about it and whatever but people who are you know locked into what's going on with movies and stuff it gets super annoying to listen to because it's it's just fucking movies mm-hmm. like why can't we talk about them and enjoy them and not sit here and criticize every single thing that happens you know it's it's entertainment it's yes social statements happen and i appreciate those but at the end of the day we should be able to discuss the movie itself and not the outside sources of a movie and people get upset about it because it won best picture or didn't win best picture or, you know whatever the case may be just enjoy the movie discuss the movie and move on yep yep i agree with you i think you make a really good point there um, I was looking at uh, the best pictures from recently, and it's, I think, I don't know, they, they, I, I think that uh, it's funny because, like, last year we talked about, and I was so excited last year that all the nominees were pretty well-seen movies, um, and this year that was slightly less the case, but pretty close, um, but uh, the idea, too, that, that public opinion so often differs from what the Academy says because they're just in a different position, right? They're in the world of movies all the time. There aren't the casual moviegoers and the doofus reviewers like us. Um, you know, they're in a different position. So it, it makes sense that their opinions could be different from the public. Um, but, like, none of the movies that last, like, four or five years are rewatchable whatsoever. Uh, uh, people would argue against that for Parasite. I've heard a lot of rewatches for that one. But in general, 
it's uh, it's an interesting thing. You can't really characterize what a best picture is um, unless you're in the academy, I suppose. So uh, that that said, still a fun game to play. Seth takes home his second championship in three years. Uh, Mike V is walking away with a Booksmart uh, digital copy. So congratulations, Mike, to you and uh, to the rest of our listeners. Better not, better luck next year in the Oscar game. We're going to move on still in the world of movies. Let's get into some first impressions. That don't impress me much. Ooh, yeah. God damn, that's funky. <laughs> uh, first impressions is back again, one of our newest games. Uh, <laughs> Seth has chosen an actor or actress from the wacky world of Hollywood, and we're going to look back at their origin story. So uh, Seth is going to give me the name of the performer, or the name of a few performers, and I'll get to choose one, and then I have to guess what their first, <laughs> what their first, uh, their first major credit was. So, what do you got for me? Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't know if you were gonna uh, explain the game correctly for a second. For, uh, there for a second. I stumbled so. through it, but I got um, it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so first impressions. The this week we have a bunch of movies coming out, um, but I picked one that I'm excited for, um, and that's uh, the photograph. I've really liked the trailers of that so far. And so in that movie, the first three actors they had in IMDb are Lakeith Stanfield, Issa Rae, and Chelsea Peretti. Uh, so for those three actors slash actresses, which would you like to guess their first role? Oh, this is going to be hard. Um, I have guesses for each one. You can make your choice. I'm going to I'm going to try for I'm going to try for Lakeith Stanfield. All right. L.A. Keith. Yep. L.A. Keith. Um, <laughs> love Lakeith Stanfield. Let's see. Okay. So I'm taking out the short movies. We're going to go with the first movie Lakeith Stanfield was in. This came out in 2014. It is a sequel to a well known franchise. Uh, Paris, he does not have a huge role in this movie. Some people in, that, in this franchise are Frank Grillo. Not other, a lot of known names, but people you'd recognize. John Beasley is another guy. Um, I, I'll, I'll say the original movie had um, Ethan Hawke in it. It's a colon movie, so it's the name of the franchise, colon, oh, and God. then the subtitle. Um, okay. So That's it, all I'm going to give you. That's okay. all I'm going to give you. Good. My guess, so my guess is we're going to be Get Out in Atlanta and uh, 0 for 2. Um <clears throat> Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. 2014, um, Ethan Hawke was in the original, and this is a follow-up that has Frank Grillo. What would be... I will say we we saw at least a few of them in the theater. Oh, I, I can't picture Frank Grillo outside of... Wait, I need to... And uh, it's rele- released by Universal, is this franchise. I need to look up Frank Grillo because I think I'm picturing the wrong guy in my head. Okay, I know him. Um, Frank Grillo is Crossbones in uh, Captain America. Oh, okay, I know this then. Um, okay, which one was in 2014? Um, was that that must have been the Purge Anarchy? Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. For three for the win. Yes. LeBron James at the buzzer. He played Young Ghoul Face. Young Ghoul Face. Also known as the, the Owls of Ghoul Face. <laughs> uh, I did not know that. That's so cool. Um, and I know we went to that movie. 
Was it Anarchy we went to, or was it was that the second one? I think, the, uh, yeah, I think Anarchy was part two, right? Let's see, the okay. Purge series. And then Election Year was... Yeah. I think we only went to two of them. The Purge, yeah, Anarchy was two, and then Election Year was 16, and uh, the first Purge was in 18. Yeah, I, I don't believe we went to three or four that's correct because we're like all right I, th- I think we saw what we needed to see out of the first two yeah well because they made them stupid like action horror movies instead of like being just scary you know what i mean like it, well i i did enjoy the second one though i thought i had a good enough time with it yeah but i don't know. i didn't see i didn't i didn't see how they could keep going i thought the i thought after the second one it was all right we're good <laughs> yeah, I th- they they could have done so much with that, and I haven't seen the TV series, so maybe maybe they explore more in that, and it's really cool. I don't know, but uh, the Purge, great great fucking idea that I, I don't think they fully capitalized on. I think they left some things on the table here, but uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. they made plenty of money anyway. All right, so uh, the Purge Anarchy, first appearance of Lakeith Stanfield. There you go. You learned something new about that guy this week in first impressions. That don't impress me. Oh, yeah. I hit a good groove on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep the groove going here on the show. We're going to roll right into our Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All right. One of the big releases this weekend, Sonic the Hedgehog. Ben Schwartz voices the titular Hedgehog and Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. Uh, And then James Marsden, for some reason, is also there. Um, Yet another example of an attempt to cash in on a video game franchise so we are going to be counting down today our top five favorite video game movies. Um, and Seth, we, let's be clear about the definition, what we mean by video game movies. Right. So the, uh, it's anything that could be surrounding a video game. So the movie could be about video games. It could be set in a video game world, um, just like a Barbie world, uh, but with video games. Um, or it could be based on a video game as well. So anything surrounding surrounding video games. I, I I feel like I don't know for whatever reason I felt like we've done this before, but you said we haven't, so well, hopefully we haven't. Yeah, we've done a few things with video games, but never this. At least as far as I can tell. If we have, I wasn't able I wasn't <laughs> able to find it in the record. I did. I went back and looked in our old show notes and saw if we had done this. Uh, by the way, we've been doing Mama Number Five for like over a year now. Um, yeah. And uh, we've I don't think we've done this topic yet. So if maybe this is Redux, but maybe not. <laughs> Okay. Well, I got some new ones to add in there, I think. So. Hell yeah. All right, let's uh let's jump right into it. Number 5. All right. I just as I said that, I'm going to make a switch here. Nope. Not allowed. Yep, I am cuz I thought of one. I didn't want to put number 5 at number 5. So, I am going to go at number 5 with the original Wreck-It Ralph. I uh That's a can kick. Oh, okay. Let's boot that one. My number 5 is uh Tomb Raider. Ah, that's a can't kick. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> number four. My number four is Tomb Raider. Um, this is the, <laughs> I'll assume you were talking about the 27, or was it 2018 Tomb Raider, the newest one with Alicia Vikander? Was it 2018? I thought it was older than that. 18 or maybe 17? Let's find out one sec. Um, Tomb Raider. Yeah, 2018. I'm going 16. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah, I remember this came out that last year I before I moved. That's how I remember. Yeah, so Alicia Vikander. But yes, the, these are the one. That's the one I'm talking about, not the the 
Angelina Jolie ones. Okay, yeah, I thought not. And I, I liked those, but uh, I do I do think the new one was better. Alicia Vikander is a great Laura Croft. Um, you know, they really steer into the origin story, heavily influenced not only by the video game franchise in general, but the most recent trilogy of games, which, are, which you and I are both big fans of. And I don't know, I thought this was a, a welcome update and I was glad that they seemed to tie it in stylistically with the video game because I think that's probably my favorite version of Laura Croft that I've seen. Yeah, I, I mean, th- that's my favorite video game version of, of uh, you know, Laura Croft and Tomb Raiders, the newer ones. And and so, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie for what it was. Uh, I think it's probably gone. I, I, I enjoy it a little bit more now, though, because of uh, Uncle Baby Billy being the villain in this one, <laughs> Walton Goggins. So uh, I, I do I do enjoy me some Uncle Baby Billy. <laughs> Uh, my number four might also be a can kick. Uh, I've already player one at number four. No, that that is actually the one I just booted out at number five for Wreck-It Ralph. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, ready player one. Um, you know, I didn't love the movie, but I thought for the stuff it did with the video games and with, um, uh, you know, parts of the source material, I thought did a good job. Again, I, I, I still think this would be a much better uh, you know, like a Netflix series or mini series or HBO series, you know, something like that, where they could really expand it out and and do this even in a little bit more of a gritty way, or or uh, you know, a, a, some of the stuff is darker in the in the books than they did in the movie. So if they could expand on that, I think that'd be perfect. But I think it was good enough for what it was. I think I need to go back and watch it too because there there was some enjoyable stuff in it, and uh, um, you know, I thought I thought all the you know actors and everything were great, and the the effects were good and all that. I just I think my expectations were too high going into it. And, and now that it, I've had some time away from it, I think I should go back and, and check it out. Yeah, I would agree. I had the same thing. I think we love the book so much. You go in with such high expectations. And I'm sure this is more fun than I'm remembering. Um, and, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, just slightly off of, of what I had expected stylistically. And so um, that's why I didn't enjoy it maybe as much as others did. But uh Certainly love the love the the subject and the story is is amazing. So Ready Player One, especially if you guys haven't read the book, high recommend. Get it on Audible for free if you mm-hmm. want. And uh, the movie is worth worth checking out for sure. If not the classic that we hoped it would be. Number three. Okay, for number three, I have ah the recent Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle from to, or yeah from twenty seventeen. Um, That's a can kick. Oh, we're gonna can kick it. All right, let's do it. My number three is the can kick from earlier. It's Wreck It Ralph. Gonna wreck it. Nice. Um, this one was fun because of. I mean, I enjoyed this. Wait, did you ever see the second one, Ralph Breaks the Internet? No, I never did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was that one's fine, but Wreck It Ralph, for whatever reason, I, th- I think it. I think it's because it felt a little bit more um, kind of contained within that that world of the arcade. I, way more of a video game movie. Um, than, than Ralph Breaks the Internet. I mean, it's because it all takes place in the arcade and all that stuff. So um, you get some some really fun video game references in it. Um, it's, I mean, it's a very funny movie. Uh, Sarah Silverman and, and John C. Riley are, are perfect in, in their voice acting roles. Um, and, and it's a movie that you can watch probably like a dozen times and still find new little Easter eggs they have in the background, which is always fun. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good and I think kind of underrated Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Or Pixar movie. A lot of heart, a lot of nostalgia if you're a video game fan, and it is fun to pick apart those Easter eggs when you see them going by. That's, yeah, just a delightful little fucking movie. Number two. You're, you won't, you, I, I'm betting you won't remember this movie. Stay Alive. 
I don't think I ever saw it. Not not alone, not even remember it. I I don't know if I ever saw it. So this is a 2006 horror movie called Stay Alive. Um, it is as I, I googled it to do this, and it's got nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I was just about to look it up. <laughs> Um, I loved this when I was in high school. This was a big movie for me to watch, uh, like with chicks, uh, you know, cause you want to watch scary movies with the ladies in high school. So, uh, this is, ba- it's, it's exactly what you think. It's a video oh game God. where if you play it and you lose, you die for real. Right. Uh, how scary is that? And it's, it's pretty gruesome. It's pretty dark. Um, but it's ultimately really goofy. I would love to go back and watch this again. I think I would find it hilarious now, but at the time, uh, I was just getting into horror at the time. So I was pretty afraid of this for a while. Um, but, uh, I also got to hold a couple girls hands while I watched it. So maybe I'm just remembering that part. Hey, give yourself a little credit. It's 10% now on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. Um, also the cast includes Frankie Muniz. What, for <laughs> That's real? all you need to say. <laughs> I did not know that. And uh, the other Adam Goldberg, so not Adam Goldberg from uh, from the Goldbergs TV show, the the other Adam Goldberg. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, is in this movie. Also, uh, Frankie Muniz's uh, name in this movie is Swink Sylvania. <laughs> god. And uh, Sophia Bush is in this. Her name is uh, October Bantam. John Foster. I don't know who that is. Um, plays Hutch O'Neill, so uh, it sounds like a great movie. <laughs> Those are great fucking names. I'm looking at this now, too, and there's a guy, Milo Ventimiglia is in this. Oh, nice. He plays Loomis Crowley, which are just two horror names stuck together and made into a name, I guess. Well, at least he had to do something bad before he became Rocky's son in Rocky Balboa, so. It's true, it's true. You have to prove you can't act if you want to be in one of those movies. Oh, you watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> no, I actually really like those. Um, Stay Alive is my number two. Uh, probably a very terrible horror movie, but I, as as listeners of the show will know, I love gimmick horror movies. So this was right up my alley. Well, uh, I, I'll I'll uh, I'll cleanse the palate here with this one, and this is where I have uh, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Awesome. Um, at number two, of course. Um, yeah, I mean this this is one that you know I. I I'd watched recently because of the movie coming out and with, uh, with, uh, miss the boat and all that stuff. Um, and it, I mean, it's, it's surprise, even knowing, you know, going in, that was a good movie. It still surprised me how much I really did enjoy it. Um, makes me excited to see more of these movies. And, um, it, it's, it's just, it, it's a, it's a movie that I haven't done yet, but I, I will totally go back and watch multiple times. It's it's endlessly rewatchable. It's hilarious. It's got a ton of heart to it. Casting is perfect, uh, and the video game elements are really cool. The way the way they the way they make you feel like it's in a video game is 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 it's great. You know, so it's it's really cool, really well done. Um, Jumanji is is killing it right now. So I'm excited to see more. Yeah, you talk about a movie that I expected to be ass.com, and it was actually super <laughs> dope. I was like, because at this time, I was like at the end of my rope with Kevin Hart and The Rock. I was like, I don't want to hear these two motherfuckers anymore. And they're they're a little more um, a part of the cast than the front of it, right, in this. Mm-hmm. So that really helped. And the video game elements are awesome, just like you said. It's got a surprising amount of heart, and this was just super fun. Jake Kasdan, I think, was the director. Um, did an incredible job with this and the sequel was, was great too. So, uh, excited to see more of this for sure. Yeah. That's the funny thing is you were 
Uh, even like with the sequel, you're like, ah, this is gonna suck. And then we saw it, and we're like, God damn it, that was good too. Yep. <laughs> you know, so it's funny they keep delivering, and uh, I'll keep going if they keep making these. So I'm excited. Number one. Get the fuck off my podcast if you didn't know I was going Scott Pilgrim at number one, baby. That I, I did too. That that was my number one as well. Hell yeah! It is. Uh, it is is a video game movie in the sense that it's it's like stylized to look like you're watching a video game which Edgar Wright right. does perfectly here with little pop-ups and power-ups and things that come into play here. And just, this is, I have- Boss I've, levels. The boss levels, oh my God, yeah. Everything, there's coins when he beats people up. Like, it's, if you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, stop this podcast and go watch that movie because for one thing, we've already gotten your click for ad scores and for another, that movie is better than anything we're gonna do. Um, <laughs> it, it's- I'd say it's my favorite movie ever. Um, when people ask me, it's uh, it's just delightful, delightful little film. Uh, and to me, I've grown to like Edgar Wright's entire filmography, but this is still top of top of his game, if you ask me. I agree. I I, I, I saved this one for number one. Uh, I mean, I, I believe it's the number one, but I also I also knew you'd have it at number one, so. Um, I figured you'd say everything you need to say about it, so I didn't have anything planned for this one. <laughs> Here, I, I will add this one thing. The cast for this movie is fucking stacked. When's the last time you read the cast for Scott Pilgrim? I mean, I think I know pretty much the entire cast because I used to watch it, uh, at least parts of it, on a monthly basis when we lived together. So, Yeah, that's a fair point. I'm still going to run down the cast <laughs> because I like to do it. Um, Michael Sarah. Kieran Culkin, who now is getting a lot of uh, a lot of love for his role in Succession, Anna Kendrick, Allison Pill, who's gone on to do uh, American Horror Story and some other things, Aubrey Plaza, Mary Elizabeth Winston, Brandon Routh, Brandon Routh, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Brie Larson, all everyone in the fucking MCU is in this. Um, it is it's a stacked cat, and and everyone is doing perfect work in that movie. Um, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So. Uh, go watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. If you never did any other thing we asked for on this podcast, do yourself a favor and go watch Scott Pilgrim. All right. So we ended exactly where you thought we would if you are a frequent listener of this podcast. Scott Pilgrim is number one. But what are the other video game movies did we live out? Are you a fan of uh, Mortal Kombat or or uh, what's what's another one? Gamer. Gamer is one that I, I had as an honorable mention. Do you remember that one with Gerard Butler? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. Doom. Doom. Yep, that's it. That's another one, um, and probably all sorts of other Super Mario Bros. Go oh, God! I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> anyway, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod if you want to correct our list of the top five video game movies for this week's Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. All right, let's talk about some movies that came out this past week. Let's jump into reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. All right, Seth, let's start here with the big release from last weekend. This is Birds of Prey and the fantabulous... No. The fantabulous they changed. emancipation they, of Harley of one Harley Quinn. Do I have this? Well, no, it's not even that anymore. What do you mean? They changed it. What do you mean they changed it? They changed it? the title. They ch- what do you mean they changed the title? I went and saw it. <laughs> you didn't see that they changed the title? What'd they change it to? I'm I'm being 100 percent serious. They changed the title. What to? Um, hold on, let me pull it up. Go go to your movie theater app right now, and you'll see. Um, but it is Harley Quinn's Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Oh my God! It is. <laughs> well, that's stupid. 
<laughs> That's actually a good segue actually... to our review of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's smart in terms of no one, no one knew who the fuck the Birds of Prey were. Um, everyone knows who Harley Quinn is, so they they're doing it to try and you know make money. That it should have just been that in the first place. Yeah, exactly. But... The the title they picked was Asinine. Um, <laughs> Well, okay, and that that's actually a really good place for us to start this review for me because the title confusion makes all the sense in the world because this movie, I don't think, knows what it wants to be. Does it want to be a setup for the Birds of Prey? Does it want to be a Harley Quinn vehicle? It leans so far to the latter, to just a Harley Quinn vehicle. And that was, I think, my main complaint about this was that it it seemed like it wanted to be, like it thought it was going to be about the group and then it ended up being about Harley Quinn just because they kept picking her scenes in the edit room. <laughs> and so it's it and it because of that all of the side characters who we're now supposed to care about as a group feel so flat and one-dimensional and shitty and basically we just watched Harley Quinn run around for 2 hours which you know is is fine um but I I don't know she, for whatever reason Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn I enjoy but I, I never thought she was going to be a good movie, a good lead for a movie, and, and the movie did not uh, shake my belief of that. I thought that, you know, it's cute to watch her do some dumb shit, but when it's constant dumb shit, it gets tired to me. And that was my main impression was, you know, the choice the choice to lean so hard on Harley Quinn was, was to me, what led me to not really liking this movie. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I didn't like it. I think I went in with the perfect amount of expectations. I didn't let the, you know, the, the hype going into it get to my head. Um, because that's kind of how I'm with a lot of superhero movies is I, I go in with, you know, if, if not even really expectations. I just go into, this is one I turned my mind off for especially and, and just went in and, and watched it. And there's stuff I had fun with. I, I thought the, the action I thought was really well done, um, which, the action was directed by uh, the guy who did John Wick, um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and you could kind of tell some of the influences, especially with some of Harley stuff and and uh, like the Huntress's stuff with the the fighting and all that. So I enjoyed that stuff. Um, I thought for the most part the jokes didn't quite land. There was some stuff here and there that made me laugh. Um, the story I, I knew pretty much right away was going to be uh, pretty shallow, so I just. Basically, I just kind of turned that part of my brain off and, and watched it for what it was. And, you know, I had a good enough time. Did I love it? No. Did I hate it? No. It was fine. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of that's kind of where I was at with it. I, I think that a lot of people did, did um, you know, overhype it. I saw some people calling it the best of the DCEU. Uh, I'd personally, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put it... And I wouldn't put it above like Shazam or Wonder Woman or, you know, Joker or anything like And DCU is not Joker. So I wouldn't put it above like Shazam or Wonder Woman or anything like that. But I also wouldn't put it below like Suicide Squad or I, honestly, I, I like it better than Aquaman. I'm not I'm not a fan of Aquaman. Um, but, uh, you know, I put it right in the middle. Honestly, that's kind of where I put it is right in the middle of the DCU. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's fine. I, I wouldn't, you know, necessarily recommend it to anyone. Um, but I also wouldn't say if someone wants to see it, then I would, I would say, go ahead. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it was fine. It, it was a February movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's pretty, I think that's a very apt, um, description. I, I will agree with you. I, I, I know I only said negative shit, but I will agree with you that the action here was a highlight for me. Um, the use of slow-mo and the up close action, the fight choreography was all really dope. 
Um, and it was cool to see a group of, uh, honestly, to see a group of women fighting like that was pretty awesome. They, they fought like mm -hmm. men and got hit like men a lot, which was, uh, which was a good thing to see. You know, I, I didn't want to just watch her throw pixie dust at fucking people. I want to see some guys get punched <laughs> in the head, you know? So, uh, that part was enjoyable. I thought Ewan McGregor, his, his character was charming at parts, but just ultimately super flat and, and really not a great villain, even though I enjoyed some of his mm -hmm. scenes, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, it seemed to me like an example of style, which uh, which I enjoyed some of the style choices that they made, some of the graphics they popped up and creative little decisions they made. But there's some of them that are just so dumb. There's a whole thing with the sandwich in this that to me, it was just like, get the f we're not that <laughs> stupid. You guys tell a smarter joke than that. Um, but it was, I think, uh, ultimately style over real substance, which is fine for a superhero movie. But uh, this one to me did not. Um, it wasn't, it didn't have, even even for a superhero movie, just not enough for me to bite into and really enjoy this. Uh, so uh, middling, middling reviews, we'll call them middling reviews from Seth and I for, uh, I guess, Harley Quinn, comma, Birds of Prey, which is out now in theaters, big release from last week. A smaller release from this last week uh, is one that you caught on Netflix, and it's the directorial debut of uh, of a of a an actress that you and I've been following for a while. Well, she didn't direct it; she co-wrote it. <laughs> what did I say? You said direct directorial debut. Oh Jesus! Yeah, she wrote it. Whatever. Co-wrote it. Yeah, uh, Jeff Baina, I think is the guy's name. Um, he, he is the guy who directed it and co-wrote it with with Allison Bray. He uh, he's directed like Little Hours, which I wasn't a huge fan of um but life after beth i think did you see that one it's been in my netflix queue for like three years <laughs> i haven't watched it okay never mind then um but yeah horse girl is the movie i'm talking about um allison brie does star in it also uh molly shannon is is in it uh jay duplass um the duplass brother and they produced it uh the duplass brothers uh but he's in it um let's see here there's a few other people you'd recognize when you saw him debbie ryan I think you might know. Anyway. Yeah, so Horse Girl, Girl um, is a very interesting movie. It's it's start, It stars Alison Brie. She's kind of a... Um, I, I, quirky might be an okay word to describe it, but she's, she's very just like... Um, kind of a loner. She's into horses. She's into... Um, you know, kind of like supernatural type shows. She kind of just goes to work, comes home. Um, she does like a Zumba type class, but that's about it. Like she's very, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of one of those people that um, ha have like a personality that doesn't uh, quite mesh with everyone. <laughs> she's just kind of strange. Um, but she, you kind of, you, you, you learn things about her uh with, with her life that kind of make her the way she is and and you start to see some of her mental state deteriorate in the movie um she has like a roommate who's played by debbie ryan who tries to get her more um more social and uh they like invite she she so basically she comes home every, uh, most nights and bangs her boyfriend <laughs> and um, Allison Brie's left there to hear it and she's, you know, it, it's disturbing her kind of, I guess. And, um, uh, then they eventually invite, um, the, the boyfriend's roommate over and, and they kind of start to, you see like a, a romantic relationship kind of start. And, um, 
at the same time, she's going through some weird mental issues and um, she starts to see some things and have these dreams that are very real and she starts to sleepwalk and all all this weird, crazy stuff, like stuff you, I couldn't even describe starts to happen in this movie. <laughs> um, it's very, very much a trippy movie. It's got a lot of... Um, a lot of symbolism, but a lot of like you could take this ending and go th- three, four different places with it type of movies. Um, I do think that it does make some interesting comments and interesting. I guess and it uh, it, does, it does an interesting a uh, good job of kind of like showing mental health. I guess um, in terms of like once it gets to a point that you know you need help like what that person might be going through and, and, and stuff like that. So it also makes some points about like how we treat people with mental health and how, when people are getting help, that help might not, not necessarily even help them. So it makes a lot of statements there. Um, I think that the acting in this is, is really, is, is really well done, especially by Alison Brie. There's some scenes here where, you know, you're seeing her state kind of deteriorate and she's, it, the the way she reacts to it and and the way she denies some things and and all that is is really it's it's I mean it's almost scary sometimes the way she the way she portrays that um it, it a movie called Horse Girl I'll say this the movie called Horse Girl does is, is not what you would expect uh by the end of this movie what you see by the end of this movie is is you couldn't guess it in a million years if you just saw the title Horse Girl mm. you know it, it's it's very very strange. Um, I, I personally enjoyed it though, (laughs) because it is, it's my, it's my type of movie really. It's, it's, it's one of those where it's a very, this would have been released in an indie art house movie if it wasn't on Netflix totally. And I would have enjoyed seeing it in an indie theater. Um, it's got some interesting things to say. It's got some good performances. Like I said, it's got a really weird style to it messes with time a lot as well there's some time elements going on with it um so that's pretty cool it's it's one of those movies you just kind of have to see but it, it does deal with some tough stuff like i said it's 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 mental health it, it deals a lot with mental health so um you know that might be tough for some people to watch but again i enjoyed it i i think it's the first thing i've seen in 2020 that's made me think and and kind of challenge some things in terms of like what you're what your thoughts are uh, um, about, I guess, mental health. So I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I really did. I, um, I enjoyed it, but it's not ever, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And even if it's something you can handle, it might not be something people like because of endings or, you know, that type of thing. So um, if you like Alison Brie, if you like the Duplass brothers, cause it's got a very good, uh, a very um, strong touch of, of their style to it, like a room 104, the one I love type of vibe to it as well they didn't direct it or anything but they were you could tell they were heavily involved so mm-hmm. i feel like the Duplass brothers at all um i think i think it's something you'd enjoy so i was pre i, I was uh already in a place to enjoy it just based off of my fandom of the Duplass brothers but and allison brie but i enjoyed it a lot so I, i'd recommend it if you're a fan of any of those things this sounds really interesting i and the last time i went to a movie i had no clue what the fuck it was about well, it was parasite and i was pleasantly surprised with that so maybe <laughs> i will uh check out horse girl <laughs> yeah it's definitely not on the same level of parasite <laughs> um but it's it, i mean it's a sundance movie it you know i i think i think reviews are kind of in the middle with it um but i personally you know i i thought it was 
thought it took some chances and and again i i i mean i've only seen what, four or five movies of 20 in 20 2020 um i think it's my favorite i've seen this year it's one that i've thought about uh, you know a few times since i've seen it and that's the only movie that i've seen this year that's done that so um that's probably you know that's where i'm putting it for now will it be there at the end of the year uh probably not mm-hmm. <laughs> i would bet but it's the one that i i think you know the, the most so far that i've um you know enjoyed on on the level of, of film but also on the level of like you know being able to to think about it so i dig it i dig it sounds like something you can chew on uh allison brie is in horse girl she didn't direct it though apparently uh <laughs> you can catch it on netflix now if you want to check that out all right seth your your foray into the world of uh of the classics continues you caught another another retro shot uh last week at the theater huh yeah, I'm doing kind of a missed, missed, uh, missed, missed the boat, I guess. Since uh, you know you've been you've been uh, slacking there. Yeah, on yeah, that yeah, end. yeah. Um, <laughs> but my own missed the boat. Uh, yeah, been again catching some some of these retro movies. Uh, retro recommend uh, by by the Marcus Theaters anyway. By old Greg, he's telling me to watch some of these old <laughs> movies. Um, so I, I caught uh, Groundhog Day um, this week. Bill Murray, the Bill Murray classic. Um, and it, it was interesting to see now, after having seen movies recently like Happy Death Day, uh, do the same thing but kind of put their own twist on it. And it was kind of cool to see some of the influences and homages that these movies have have um, you know done, I guess, in in terms of of what Groundhog Day started with. Um, you know, it, I think this would have been something to see if I'd never seen a movie like that before, or. You know, if I would have seen, obviously I wasn't alive when it came out, but if I, if I would have been, um, it would have been, or maybe I was, I don't know. When did it come out? 80s? Um, Groundhog Day. I want to say the 80s. Yeah. If it's 80s, obviously then I wasn't alive, but I think this is one that, you know, when it came out was very new and fresh and inventive and was kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I, I did enjoy it though. I mean, it's, it's because we've seen this before it's pretty paint by numbers it it you know you know how it's gonna end um you know there's gonna be like a nice happy resolution and all that stuff and there is and um you know it's it's, it's what kind of one of those stories of like you learn you know to be a better person same thing with like happy death day and all that you know so you know nothing nothing new now ironically because you know every movie is copied it that's done that same thing but still a lot of fun bill murray i mean he going back and watching some of his movies he you understand more and more why he's as as treasured as he is. And, and, you know, it's, it's it's one of those guys that people are going to continue to look back on being like, he was, he was kind of one of those pioneers of, of comedy in a way with his style. So, um, I, I, I appreciate Bill Murray a lot and, and, uh, he's fantastic in this and a lot, a lot of great classic lines in it. And glad I went, uh, glad I went to see it. It's not one that I probably needed to see at the theater, but it was playing at the theater and, might as well go check it out while it's there. So, a um, lot, a lot of fun to go, go see this one. Hell yeah! Uh, Nineteen ninety three was the release for Groundhog Day. Okay, so. so I was alive, but I was two. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. It's been a long time since I've seen it, though. I would love to catch this one again. Um, but uh, you're right. It's it's funny when you go back to something like this, or even some classic horror movies, uh, like we did with Halloween a couple of years back. Like you watch this movie that you know launched a whole genre right and now it's been replicated so many times that when you see the original now it seems played out and it's uh unfortunate but it's cool kind of to see you know the origins of all the like you said the tropes that we now know from this genre having having just seen happy death day and its sequel and russian doll 
so we've seen a lot of this now. But uh, going back to the OG is is pretty sweet sometimes. And you're right about Bill Murray. He's he's fucking great, dude. Andy McDowell yeah, so also I think, is a gorgeous lady. That's true. Um, and then uh, I think this upcoming this week I will I will be going to uh, Indiana Jones. So that's gonna be so fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Hell yeah, that's gonna be cool. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's an all time score, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so we mixed it up this week. We have Birds of Prey, Horse Girl, and Groundhog Day this week in reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, we are just about to the end of our show, but before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, I'm just going to shout out a movie that I recently caught uh, a little bit of on Netflix. I had a little time to kill and was bored. So I threw on The Other Guys, the uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg comedy uh, centered around the, the NYPD. And uh, I just popped this on. I watched about the first 40 minutes of it or so. And I don't know if anyone out there has either missed that movie when it first came out or hasn't seen it in a long time. But that movie is fucking funny, dude. Like every it's like a la- like on average like once in every two and a half to three minutes like a really hard laugh uh and like a really good quotable line and i think for whatever reason this movie i don't think ever really got the credit it deserved but i think it's hilarious it's it's one of the very few times i really enjoy mark Wahlberg in a movie and it's will ferrell before i got annoyed of him so yeah. i think you know you get a cameo from the rock and and sam jackson in the early part of this which is classic uh, and a lot of great lines. Michael Keaton is great in this. Uh, he's flexing his, his funny bones in this. So uh, I really enjoyed uh, the other guys. I think it's one that folks uh, should go back to and check out if they haven't in a while. And if they want to do that, they can watch it on Netflix. So that would be my recommend. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, uh, but I've, I've definitely seen it pop up on the uh, on, on the Netflix lately. Um, but one more thing is going to be, um, I don't know if any, I don't know if you saw maybe some of the clips of it, but uh, Adam Sandler won the Independent Spirit Award for uh, for Best Actor, Lead Actor, oh, good. Um, which is cool. But but his uh, his acceptance speech is what I what I want to shout out. He he's fucking hilarious. That guy, um, you know, taking, you know, he he jokes about you know stuff you know his his you know bad movies and not get nominated for oscars and all that stuff and he and he does it in a way that is is funny but also like you know he's taking his shots but he's also funny about it and i mean he's for one he's just comedically he's he's stand up and and his mind and doing his you know interviews and all that stuff he's so quick and funny and and the way he delivers stuff is perfect but um, he, he's fantastic. I'd recommend going to, to watch that speech. It's, it's very funny. Um, and then also with independent spirit awards, uh, Aubrey Plaza hosted again. And there is like a, a musical, uh, intro with it. And I think it was the night, night before the Oscars. And there was a, it's a really funny, just like, like real funny, like musical thing that goes into like a one, like the, the whole last minute and a half of it, of it is just them singing to Laura Dern <laughs> and, <laughs> the it song's just like Laura Dern. It's like stuff like that. And it's just like it's it's very funny. That's also super funny. So um honestly like that's the fucking award show mm-hmm. that I want to watch is the the Independent Spirit Awards because it's one it's about all all about the movies that I loved over the year, a lot of the independent movies and they they just have fun with it. Like they have a good time. Um Aubrey Plaza is the host. So it's you know it's going to be weird. 
Um, but uh, ch- I'd recommend checking out those two, the, the Adam Sandler uh, speech and then the, the intro with, with Aubrey Plaza and the music and all that and Laura Dern. Pretty funny stuff. I can vouch for the Laura Dern thing. That shit's fucking hilarious. Um, I did I did catch that clip. <laughs> and they show her reacting to it all the time, too, and it's hilarious. She love it, loves it. So. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it's one of those things you think is going to be quick where they just sing about Laura Dern for like two seconds, and then it just keeps going forever and gets more and more heightened. It's so funny. Yeah, that's a good one. High recommend for those videos. I'll link to both those in the description box if you guys want to check that out. So great stuff from the Independent Spirit Awards. Maybe next year we'll do the Independent Spirit Awards game, too. Um, maybe, maybe as an alternative to the Oscars since I can't get a fucking point in that game. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So uh, let's see. We got Independent Spirit Awards and the other guys this week in one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All righty then. We're just about done with the show here. Don't forget you don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to the show so you can get new episodes of this show every Thursday. And also, if you want to become a contributor, Hit us up on our Anchor page. You can contribute monthly or just keep clicking on these episodes. Every listen helps us improve the show. Uh, Make sure you check out our sponsors. Link to all of them in the description box down below. And a special shout-out to everyone who competed in our Oscar game. Thank you guys for participating. We appreciate uh, the the little community here, and the competition was super fun. So uh, thanks, and shout-out to Seth on his victory and and to Mike on his second-place finish. Going home with that digital copy of Booksmart. Uh, so that's a great prize. Ow! There you go. Ow! Alrighty. That's going to do it for this week. We had a little quickie show for you, just in and out. So uh, enjoy the extra time we're giving you back. And uh, for the so host, <laughs> Seth Ott, I've been the co host, Cody Michael. And we will see you next week. Bye. <clears throat> Bye.